Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with the collision of faith in politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country. With a pedal to the metal. With today's edition of The Collision of Faith and Politics. So, buckle up. Here is your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Collision of Faith and Politics. This is the fastest. Today is going to be fastest 90 minutes in radio. We're going to do a 90-minute show today or thereabouts, somewhere in that range. By the way, the chat room is open. Now, I'm not absolutely positive how to use it, but it is open. Uh, I have a bunch of people on there uh, a lot of times, and I'll send messages, but I don't ever get messages back, so I'm not sure if I'm using it right or I have to do something different or whatever it is. Whatever it is, you know, I'm from Sussex County, Delaware. Don't know the daggum better. Only have one area code here in Sussex County. It's the 302. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> just join up, follow, all that stuff. And uh, we can also take calls uh, here, and uh, you're welcome to call in as well, if you would like to. So... Uh, Welcome to all warfighters and sheepdogs. We appreciate everything you do. You know, everybody wants to be safe and secure in their bed at night, but they don't want to know how that happens. Well, you know how that happens? It's sheepdogs. Sheepdogs. That's how it happens. Warfighters. Stop telling warfighters what to do and how to do it if you've never done it. You know what I'm saying? Politicians do much, do uh, too much of this mess where they they don't know a thing about being in the military. They don't know a thing about fighting the enemy. Nothing at all. They talk a bunch of mess. That's what politicians do. They talk a bunch of mess. Unless they've served or they have an appreciation or an understanding. You know what I'm saying? They should hush their mouths. They don't know anything about it. Let the war fighters fight the war. Let the sheep dogs protect the sheep. We appreciate you. The uniformed and clandestine service. We appreciate you standing on the line for us. Hello to the United States Marines from the Tidewater area, deployed, parts unknown. Thank you for listening, even though you're far, far away. We appreciate it. means the world to us. What you do, what you do matters. Hello to the Army Rangers and Ranger instructors listening in today. We appreciate you. We know uh, some of you are getting ready to deploy. And, uh, man, tell you what, you've had it. You've deployed an awful lot. And uh, we sure appreciate the sacrifices you make on our behalf. And, and I want to give a special shout-out to the United States Navy SEALs. 
they listened to my first show, and they're listening again now, as I see. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. I can, you know, the thing is, I can't share any of the messages that they send me with you. I'd love to. I'd love to. But I can't. Because <laughs> this is not an R-rated show. You know what I'm saying? It is a, it is a, well, I wouldn't even say PG. Would I say PG? I wouldn't say PG. <clears throat> I'd say maybe PG-13. I don't know. Maybe R. Maybe it is R. But I definitely could not read you what the United States Navy SEALs send me for messages because it is not repeatable. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. But thank you for serving. I, I joke around a lot because a lot of you are my friends, and I'm friends with your parents and friends with your sisters and your brothers. But uh, I, I want you to know that while I'm at this microphone, I am definitely not going to forget about you. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You matter to me. <clears throat> By the way, uh, those of you who are on chat and you've sent me messages, uh, yes, uh, Wes, I did get this message, and then I said, did you get this? And unfortunately, I do not see that you, I don't know. I don't know how to use the darn thing. I've got to watch some of the videos and figure it out. But anyway, <clears throat> well, we are listening to you, and, and I can read your comments, and I appreciate it. So it means the world to me. Hey, listen, uh, I want you to know that uh, military, warfighters, sheepdogs, uniformed clandestine service, well, I'm at this microphone. I'm not going to allow our country to forget about you. I, I promise you that. I made that promise to you, and I'm going to keep that promise to you. My Gold Star families, welcome to the show. Welcome. I know a lot of you listen in. Some of you from Texas, uh, your, your sacrifice is intense. It's, it's the likes of which nobody... Nobody at all could ever equal. I, I've been to a lot of your sons and some of your daughters' graves in Arlington and other places around the United States. And I'm awed. I'm awed by the rows and rows and rows of heroes. Gold Star families, you're the fraternity. Nobody wants to join. Hey, America, you know there's people in your own town, your hometown, that have lost children, spouses, parents. You know, we're in wars right now. They're, they've lost them in these wars. Not for some war, you know, 40, 50 years ago, but these wars. The wars of your generation. I've heard it said, Gold Star Dad said this, America's not at war. American troops are at war. America's at the mall. 
Well, let me tell you something. In your neighborhood, there are gold star families. You say you don't know who they are. Why don't you know who they are? They're your town. It's your job to know. How can you not know who they are? You said we need heroes to go and fight for us. You said, you said, listen, I can't go, but will you go? I'll give you the best training in the world. I'll give you the right equipment. I'll support you in the theater of war. And if you're hurt, I'll give you the best medical care ever. And if you're killed, we're going to take care of your family. Here's a newsflash, America. Government's not doing that. And we're not doing that. And we've got to start. You know, they're the real heroes. You know, they're not the, the, the NBC fake hero, Brian Williams. Boy, the Internet is just ablaze with all kinds of memes with Brian Williams and, you know. And I heard, you know, he's made some big claims, Katrina and, and a couple of other places. But I uh, I have to say... He's taken a beating. I don't know whether he deserves it or not. I don't know the guy. I really don't. I don't know him. We're not friends. He's not on my Facebook. We don't share our Twitter. We don't tweet. Retweet. We don't do any of that. I just don't I just don't know the guy. You know what I mean? I just don't know the guy. So I don't know where his heart is. I know that everybody that knows the guy really likes the guy. You know what I mean? Think on that for a minute. Everybody that knows him likes him. Every single person. There's not a single person that that I've ever heard says, you know, we just don't like that guy. He's a jerk. Not a single person. Almost everyone says they're really surprised because he's such a good dude. And what's odd is he's so pro-veteran. He's so pro-military. I'm not sure why he would do it. Taco Tony's asked me, well, why would he do it? He's making millions of dollars, $10 million a year. More than that. <clears throat> I just don't know. There we go. Yeah. Folks, we had a we had a wire that had popped out. More than that. Any better? Some folks in the chat, let me know. Man, I'm really sorry about that. I had no idea. I did my pre-check and all that stuff. Somehow or another, in the shuffling of equipment, the uh, wire popped out. 
or a little USB thing that goes into my microphone. So sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. There we go. We're better now. Hey, look, man, I'm not an engineer. Don't hate. Yeah, but can you plug in a microphone? (laughs) I can think and I can talk and I can do stuff. Anyway, it's Brian Williams. You know, he's a, he's a he's a fake. I don't know, I'm going to call him a fake hero because I don't think he's trying to be a hero. I just think he's trying to be relevant. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to be relevant in some way or another. He's trying to he's trying to matter. He's trying to he's trying to be the dude. You know? But for whatever reason, you know, and I don't know what I can, I don't know what the reason is. Honest to goodness, I I don't know what the reason is. I don't know, I honestly don't know why he did it. But it doesn't really matter. You know, he's already he's already got all this money. He's already he's already, you know, I I don't know who honest to goodness. I I really don't know who actually listens to uh, the the uh, mainstream media news. They're news readers. That's all they do is read. That's not a hard job, folks. He's got a good voice, good-looking dude. I mean, don't get it twisted, man. I'm not saying I have a thing for him. I'm just saying he's a good-looking dude. I have a face for radio. He has a face for television. You have to have a half-decent voice. And he does all that. But I don't know who really watches NBC or ABC or CBS anymore. Low-information voters, I'm guessing. Anyway, you know, these Gold Star families, this is a fraternity nobody wants to join. The real heroes. Let me tell you, you talk about heroes doing heroic things, who raised heroes or who gave their very lives... Let me let me give a special shout out to the great Gold Star families across the United States, volunteers at the Michael Strange Foundation, America's Mighty Warriors, the Mark Allen Lee, by the way, the Mark Allen Lee commemorative Benchmade knife set sold out. And Operation 300, we love you, we appreciate you. Forourson.org. Thank you to Charlie and Marianne Strange and the Hill Groups and Sean and Angie. You guys are patriots. You put the U in the USA. Thank you to Debbie Lee. Like a sister. Sweet, 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 sweet Debbie Lee. Fighting, getting in there and getting after it. And to Karen and Billy Vaughn, author of the book Betrayed, have it right behind me, about extortion 17. Thank you for taking up the fight for our soldiers and families. Listen, there's a there's a benefit here. In, if, if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, maybe even New York area, you ought to come to this benefit fundraiser. It's a beef and beer, and you know what that involves. Somebody say it with me. Beef and beer. There's beef, and then there's beer. That's why they call it a beef and beer. So it's a great fundraiser. It's April 11th, and it is going to be amazing. 
8 p.m. to midnight, April 11th, 8 p.m. to midnight at St. Dominic's Church at 8510 Frankfurt Avenue, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the comedian Joe Conklin, he's the man with a thousand voices. I'm telling you, he's, he's unbelievable. He's really absolutely amazing. And then there's a Chinese auction and a 50-50, and there's T-shirts to be sold there, very unique things. I have mine already. There's going to be a, a signed Philadelphia Flyers jersey, and there's going to be uh, guest speakers from the Navy SEALs. Uh, it's $30 a person. You can't beat that. I mean, for that, you get a lot of entertainment, you get beef, and you get beer. Holla at you, boy. That's all good stuff. And uh, this is a statement from the Michael Strange Foundation. Please help support our foundation so that we can help Gold Star families, uh, the members of the 289 fallen soldiers in Pennsylvania alone, and 7,400 nationwide who have been killed in action in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. And if you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, uh, you'll be able to see all this information. So if you're driving, don't worry about writing it down. Don't worry about any of that business. I'm going to give you the numbers, but if you're not to, you know, don't, oh, man, could he just say it slower, one number every 10 seconds and repeat it 35 times? I'm not going to do that, but uh, Charlie Strange, he's the father of hometown hero Michael Strange, for whom the foundation is is named. His number is 215-983-4470 or Mary Strange, 215-779-5495. Tickets for the, uh, there's a, a March 14th Flyers game, and then, and then the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, it's, at, it's March 14th at 1.30, and they're playing the Detroit Red Wings. And it's a game in honor of hometown hero Michael Strange. So that would really make a difference. So all you do for that, and you, and you, you want to do this in advance, okay? You want to do this in advance. You don't want to wait on this one. You want to call, There's. I'm going to say this name, Nick Marchisiello at the Flyer Sales Office. Now what you want to tell him is that you're attending to honor Michael Strange. We want to be able to track how many people are there to honor Michael Strange. His number is 215. This is Nick's number at the Flyer Sales Office. 215-218-7528. 215-218-7528. So just mention you're attending to honor Michael Strange. That would be awesome. We'd love that. Real quick, you've all heard of the crazy stuff going on at the public schools with teachers telling your students. They're your kids, by the way. When we say students, we mean your children. Your neighbor's kids. Your friend's kids. You tell them they can't tote their Bible or can't open their Bible in school. They tell them they, tell them they, can't, uh, they can't wear this or that T-shirt or this or that necklace. And they tell them they can't, they can't kneel and pray real quick after a touchdown in the end zone or after they win a basketball game. Or look up to heaven and point or speak of Christ in their valedictorian speeches or their class president's speeches. Man, in Christian school, it's a, Christian school and homeschool is a great alternative, isn't it? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Christian schools are always struggling. You know, tuition alone doesn't make enough money. Well, it's with my church. It should be really cheap or free. I, I go to that church. I give $20 every week. You know, they should pay me to send my kids there. No, it doesn't work that way. And by the way, that's not that generous if that's all you got. But if there's a big old boat sitting in your 
in your yard or in your driveway, and you go on three or four vacations. I mean, that's not as big as our president, but a bunch of vacations a year, and you give 20 bucks, you pop a 20 in the in the plate as it passes around, and the one out of four Sundays you end up in church. I don't think you're as generous as you think you are. But anyway, here's a link. You say you want to do something about this. You, you, you've, you've heard all about all this stuff, and you felt helpless. Well, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, they have an awesome free guide for you and your children and the children of your church, the children of your friends, your neighbors. Here's, I'm not going to read the link. It's just alliancedefendingfreedom.org. And then there's a bunch of issues, public education, K-12. through You just put that stuff there. If you go to the Facebook page, you're going to see uh, you're going to see the, the – uh, there. You just click right on that. And that'll that'll give you all the information. You can download for free uh this really awesome resource. It's it's a resource that helps teachers. Let's say you have Christian teachers that say, look, I, I want to know what my rights are. You have students who say, look, I want to know what my rights are. I, I you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but at the same time, you you know, you're telling me I can't tote my Bible. The book this country was founded upon? Come on. This is a great resource, folks. You're not helpless. You say you want some help? We're getting you help. This is how. It doesn't cost you anything but a few minutes. You know, I wrote a book called Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, and I talk about public education system, and you know, I'm going to be talking more about that in upcoming shows. You know, in that book, Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, it's available on our website, theninjapastor.com. Just click on the little book link there. That will take you right to where you need to go to sign And by the way, it will take you to Amazon. I have a bookseller page on Amazon. Uh, and if you've bought the book there, if you wouldn't mind, just leave a comment, uh, leave a review. Uh, that really makes a big difference. So I did not know that, but apparently it does. But see, I'm going to be talking more about the public education system. There's some great teachers. You know, really great teachers out there that really love kids and are smart and they're powerful in the classroom. They're dynamic. They love the kids. But I have to tell you, uh, there's some that aren't so great, and there's some administrators that aren't so great either, you know? They, they, they're there on a mission. They're there for a reason, to push an agenda. They're there to achieve a means. That's what they're there for. And I hate to, I hate to say this because it sounds... So, not fatalistic. Maybe it is fatalistic. I don't know. Maybe it is fatalistic. I've been accused of that before. But Norman Mattoon Thomas, he was born November 20th, 1884. He died December 19, 1968. He was a leading American socialist. He was a pacifist and a six-time presidential candidate for the Socialist Party of America. Isn't that funny how pacifists a lot of times are also socialists? What the deal with that? What the deal? The Socialist Party candidate for president of the United States, Norman Thomas, said in this 19, this is 1944, folks. 
The American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but under the name of liberalism, they will adopt every fragment of the socialist program until one day America will be a socialist nation without knowing how it happened. He went on to say, I no longer need to run as a presidential candidate for the Socialist Party. Why, you ask? He said, because the Democrat Party has adopted our platform. And one of the platforms they're using is the public education system. We absolutely have to be vigilant in that. And and a lot of people have told me, you know, Ninja Pastor, Dr. Sean, I, I don't, man, I want to help. I, I, I want to be a patriot that does something. Something of consequence. I don't just want to type in uh, Facebook all the time and be mad on Twitter and retweet a bunch of stuff and share a bunch of stuff. You can share my stuff, though. That's helpful. But, folks, if you really... If you really, really, really want to do something, and if you live, of course, this show goes out all over the world, but we have listeners in a whole bunch of different countries and all over the United States. We have people right now listening from Oregon, California, Washington State, Washington, D.C., Connecticut, Nebraska, Ohio, Ohio. Go Bucks. I have a dog named Buckeye. What do you want me to do? I'm a Buckeye fan. But if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, really, even New York, it's not that far. Come down, uh, Bible Fellowship Church. Bible Fellowship Church. It's in Newark, Delaware. It's it's um, near... Uh, Route 72 and Old Baltimore Pike. There's a row of farms on the corner. You just you just go there. Uh, there's a, there's there's a ch- big church on the corner. I think Word of Life or Word of Life, some kind of I don't know what it is. But there's a church after that on Old Baltimore Pike that is called Bible Fellowship. That's a church. If you Google Bible Fellowship Newark Delaware, I'll take you right to it. For reals. And and the Center for Self Governance is doing uh, one of their three of their just phenomenal classes, and I'm actually going to be there. Uh, I think on Saturday at the Level One Foundations and Self Governance, I'm going to be there, and I'll have books and I'll sign them and all that stuff. And if you want to buy my book or whatever, but I'll be glad to be shaking some hands and and all that stuff. I'll even give you a picture, Ninja Peister picture. You got. You got mice or some kind of thing running around there, rodents and whatnot. You want to scare off? Put my picture right there, and it'll scare them right off. But I'll be there. Our founders clearly detailed that we, the people, would keep our republic if we participated in our governance. Self-governance requires education, participation, sacrifice, and the determination and the belief that you can make a difference. But are you willing? 
Now, look, I know, uh, just the Facebook page has the links and everything, has the dates. It's February 19th, February 20th, and February 21st. They're all-day classes. All-day classes. Level 2 on the 19th is Communications and Self-Governance. Level 3 is Macro Understanding of Governance. And Level 1 is Foundations and Self-Governance. That's the core course. And if you've never been to any of their courses, that's the one you want to go to. But I'm telling you, you got to sign up. So if you go to Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, I think radio or radio show, I'm not sure which, you got to sign up. That's how it works. It's worth it. You, you say you want to you, you wanna play a role. You want to play a part. You want to you wanna not just talk. You, you say you 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 don't just want to be hitting the keys on the Facebook or Twitter. You wanna you wanna really do something, but you don't know what to do. If someone would just help, here's your help. Here's what to do. Saturday we got weather coming in. I you, you know it's winter, folks. Don't freak out. It's just winter. Snow happens in winter. It gets cold in winter. This is the worst example of global warming I think I've ever seen, though. Well, and I'm sorry. I said it wrong. It's climate change. It's climate change now. Anyway, do this thing. Go go over to Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. I, I think that's what it is. Or if you just put in the search God and Country Radio show or radio page. I don't know, whatever you do. Sean Sean knows what to do. Sean, S-E-A-N. He's our awesome web page builder, manager, fixer, do-everything guy. He knows he knows what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. If you go over there, there'll be all kinds of links you can click on. You've got to sign up. If you can't come Thursday, come Friday. If you can't come Friday... Go to the big one, the the original one, the foundational one. That is on Saturday. You got to do it. Remember the the quote from the Gold Star Dad. He said, "America is not at war. American troops are at war. America is at the mall." Hey, anybody that knows me knows I'm pro-USA. I'm pro-troops and I'm pro-veterans. I am a veteran. You also know that I'm very pro-Israel and I am also the Black Robe Regiment. And since I'm pro-Israel, what I'm going to tell you now is going to make you sick to hear what a Hussein Obama's done now. You're not going to like it. Hey, listen, don't hate. Don't hate. You know, don't hate. I'm just reporting it. You'd be mad all you want. Israel's Channel 2 reported that due to President Obama's disdain for Prime Minister Netanyahu's upcoming speech to Congress, the U.S. will cease updating Israel about U.S.-Iran nuclear nuclear negotiations. U.S. officials denied the report because they're liars. Israel's not liars. U.S. officials are liars. Isn't that funny? Secretary of State John Kerry, he he meets with Iranian Foreign Minister Javad Zarif over in Geneva. But 
The United States administration under President Barack Obama has stopped updating Israel on the progress of talks with Iran over the, that country's nuclear program in retaliation for Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's intention to speak in Congress March 3rd at the invitation of Republican Speaker John Boehner. According to Israel's Channel 2, Under Secretary of State Wendy Sherman, you want to be scared? Google Wendy Sherman. See, see, see where she is, and she's she's Under Secretary of the of State. She's also in charge of the nuclear talks with Iran. So when you look her up, bear in mind she's in charge of the nuclear talks with Iran. She said she is no longer briefing Israel about the talks because the Israeli government is using the information in a manipulative and political way. Really? Man, there's no greater manipulator. No more political dude than President Barack Hussein Obama, her boss. Susan Rice, Obama's national security advisor, has also announced that she is cutting off contact with her Israeli counterpart, Yossi Cohen. Yassi Cohen, for Yagentas. Because Israel has turned an international security issue into a political one and is using it to influence internal U.S. politics, reported Channel 2. The Prime Minister's office said in response, the strategic relations between the countries are deep and that Cohen will be meeting with Sherman, both Sherman and Rice in Washington later in the week. U.S. administration officials denied the report. U.S. National Security Council spokesperson Alastair Baskey reportedly said the U.S. will continue its frequent and routine contact at various professional levels within the intelligence, military, and diplomatic spheres. So we can meet and we can talk with Iran, but our best, literally our best ally, And our link within the Middle East, we won't talk to them because they're ticked off at us, right? They're ticked off at us because the United States are ticked off at, uh, at, at the, the United States. Obama is ticked off at Benjamin Netanyahu because he's calling it like it is. He's not using it as some sort of uh, political manipulation. He's saying, "Hey, you give these crazy people." nuclear power, nuclear capability, we need we need these powers, nuclear powers, because we need to have inexpensive uh, powers to heat our home and power our building, all our hospital and and school. Oil is very, very expensive. Really? Because it's like 25 cents in Iran. Gas is like 25 cents in Iran. Oil is nothing in Iran. They're sitting on giant reserves of oil. Ain't nothing cheaper. It's not about the oil, folks. It's not about, oh, we want to find less expensive power. I mean, to tell you, nuclear power is expensive. It isn't about that. They want nuclear weapons because they've said over 
and over and over that they want to eliminate Israel and eliminate the great Satan, the West, United States of America. I say when somebody says something like that, you should probably listen. Know me? You should probably listen. When they say that, you should say, hmm, I should listen to that. Barack, Barack Obama, he said, uh, what did he say? He said that the, that ISIS was JV. They're the JV. I don't know what he's talking about, but I don't think he knows what JV means. I don't think he knows. I don't. I don't think he knows. Do you? Folks are cutting off heads. They're cutting off heads. They're 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 setting people on fire. Live people. Let's just let's just take a quick look. This will be fun. Let's just take a quick look and see. Just for fun, because I like fun as much as anybody else. I mean, honest to goodness, I do. I really do. I like fun. I'm fun lover. I'm loving fun. So just for fun, let's let's compare world leaders' responses to ISIS killing their citizens. First, let's look at King Hussein of Jordan. Jordan's King Abdullah, himself a former special forces general, and he's also a pilot, by the way, uh, and he still he still can fly, still does fly, uh, attack helicopters. Angrily vowed to pursue ISIS until his military runs out of fuel and bullets. This was said in a closed-door meeting with U.S. lawmakers that followed the release Wednesday of a grisly video showing a captured Jordanian airman being burned alive in a cage by the terrorist army. How many of you have watched that video? I watched it. Watched it a bunch of times. It's no shock or surprise to me. It's no, oh my gosh, they're they're going to mean things. They're mean people. Wow. All right, you got our attention. You really are that bad. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of that. I'm not afraid of that. I don't look at them and say, wow, I'm really going to pay attention. Now, I've been paying attention for 25, 30 years. I've been telling anyone who would listen, listen, I I travel all over the country and I, I give speeches and keynotes and speak at companies and churches and and all of that. And everywhere I can I say, listen, your your enemy is Islam. Runs out of fuel and bullets. I love that. That's what Jordan's King Abdullah. And then you know what he did? The pledge preceded the hanging of two al-Qaeda terrorists early Wednesday in Jordan, a swift response to the video that could be a mere harbinger of coming retribution from the Arab kingdom in wake of 
the sadistic slaughter. King Abdullah's words were echoed by military leaders who vowed an earth-shaking response proportionate to the magnitude of the tragedy of all Jordanians. He said there's going to be retribution like ISIS hasn't seen, said Representative Duncan Hunter, Jr., himself a, a Marine Corps veteran of two tours in Iraq and one in Afghanistan, who was meeting, who was in the meeting with the king. He mentioned Unforgiven, and he mentioned Clint Eastwood, and he actually quoted part of the movie. King Abdullah was there for a diplomatic mission prior to the video uh, depicting that. The executions had been announced hours after the video of the death of al Kasaba, the pilot, who officially, or no, she's the, she's the, um, she was the one that was uh, thought to be no 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 it's it's him that's that's the guy that's the guy that was put to death they now believe he was killed as early as january 3rd and see this is this is what's amazing he was captured the pilot was captured on december 24th uh and and king abdullah was really involved in it his the pilot's father safi al kasiabe uh who met with king abdullah at least twice during his son's capture said the king told him he valued Kasiabia like his own son. The king, this is this is what the father said. The king told me that he was following up personally on Muath's case. The grieving father told the Jordan Times. He said, Crown Prince Hussein, may God protect him, is no dearer to me than Muath, his son. Now, is that what our president does? Oh, well, Bergdahl, he did kind of meet with them, you know, Muslim dad and Muslim Bergdahl. You know, the deserter who as many as six and nine of our great troops were killed looking for this walk away. Jordan, a member of the U.S.-led coalition that's been striking ISIS in Syria since this past September had previously indicated it was considering an offer from Islamic State to trade al-Rishawi for the pilot. It's one of the terrorists that was put to death after uh, the pilot was burnt alive. But reports yesterday said the pilot had already been dead for a month. The ghastly video sparked outrage on the streets of Jordan, a small nation of six million that borders shares borders with Syria and Iraq, where the Islamic State has carved out its so-called caliphate. King Abdullah vowed to focus his people's anger on the terrorist army. Let me lay this on you, folks. Let me just give you a little tidbit to chew on. Let me just lay this on you, America and people all over the world. Six million people. That's all they have, six million people. You see what it said? The ghastly video sparked outrage on the streets of Jordan. You know, there was a lady, a grandma, got her head cut off at work in America just a few months ago by a Muslim who said, convert or I will kill you as the infidel. She said, hell, I'm a Christian. I'm not converting to any Islam. Yeah. He went and got his knife and cut her head off. Broad daylight. Wasn't until somebody went and got a gun, he started cutting another lady's head off. Wasn't until he went and got a, uh, somebody there went and got a gun, I think it was the, the, the owner's son or one of the owners of the company, 
went and got his gun. And that's the only thing that stopped it. I, I don't know about you, but I don't remember seeing anything on television, on the TV, about people protesting in America. I don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing any outrage. In fact, they didn't say a whole lot on the mainstream media about this. Well, he's not representative of Islam. We don't even know if he's related to Islam. Really? Because when a dude comes in your workplace talking about, listen, if you don't convert to Islam, I'm going to cut your head off. And then he does it? Guess what? It has to do with Islam. But I don't remember seeing a bunch of uh I don't remember seeing a bunch of 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 protests. Do you? Mm I didn't see it. No I did not. No I did not see it. Mm I didn't see it. By the way, if you go to the Facebook page, I think there is a um there's a video on there. Uh, that is me. It was shot by the great uh, Chris Brock. Unbelievably, Chris Brock, Christopher Brock photography. He shot the video of me. Does videography and photography. He he's the best I've ever seen. But he shoots this video of me. It's just me sitting there. I don't have a script, nothing like that. Just telling you about what I do. So if you go over there, you'll see that. Uh, it's also on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you type in the Ninja Pastor, I think it'll take you to my page. Um or my YouTube channel. And that's the only video we have there. We're going to do some more. We're working on that. But go there. You'll see kind of what makes me tick. Government spokesman Mohammed Momani said that Jordan's response to the assassination will be swift. Jordanians' wrath will devastate Daesh's ranks. Now, Daesh is the Arabic word for ISIS. Let me have we heard anything like that from our president? How many of you saw the video of the pilot, the Jordanian pilot? It's all over the internet. How many of you have seen that? Listen, skip over the first twenty minutes because that's just nothing but a bunch of crap, a bunch of Islamic BS. Well, it's not BS because they do what they say they're going to do. Narrator, there's there's subtitles there. So he speaks in Arabic. He's castigating Jordan and other Arab nations for taking part in U.S.-led airstrikes against ISIS. But the final five minutes of the video show the caged pilot. He's in a little tiny cage. His clothing is doused in gasoline as the fuel is lit. His screams are audible in the video, as you might imagine. <coughs> Excuse me. He's screaming as he as he's as he's just consumed in flame. He collapses to his knees and after he dies the burned man in the cage are buried by a bulldozer. The video ends with ISIS offering a hundred golden dinars for any Muslim in Jordan who kills other Jordanian pilots whose names, pictures and hometowns are shown. Did you catch that? Whose names, pictures, and hometowns are shown. The pilot. 
other Jordanian pilots. They have their names, they have their photographs, and they have their hometowns. And he's offering a reward. Go kill them. Sources told Fox News it demonstrated the highest production values of any tape to date, suggesting it took considerable time to shoot and produce. While Fox News Channel did not air the gruesome video, FoxNews.com elected to post it in the interest of showing the shocking depths of ISIS depravity. After careful consideration, we decided that giving readers at FoxNews.com the option to see for themselves the barbarity of ISIS outweighed legitimate concerns about the graphic nature of the video, said John Moody, executive vice president and executive editor at Fox News. Online users can choose to view it or not view it of this disturbing content. Your President Hussein Obama condemned the murder of the pilot before meeting privately with the king, saying the atrocity would, quote, redouble the vigilance and determination on the part of the of our global coalition to make sure they are degraded and ultimately defeated. Did you catch that? Did you catch what he said? Or did you miss that? Did that escape you? What your president, the president of what used to be the most powerful, most revered nation in the world. He said, we're going to redouble the vigilance and determination on the part of our global coalition to make sure they are degraded and ultimately defeated. What, what's, what is, first of all, vigilance and determination. You know what he could have said? We're going to hunt them down, and we're going to kill them. Everywhere we see them, we're going to kill them. If we think they're behind a wall, we're going to blow the building up in the hopes of killing them. If ISIS is hiding in the ground, we're going to blow the ground up. If they're hiding in a tower, we're going to blow the tower up. And when we catch them, you don't have to worry about being offended by Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay. We're going to kill them swiftly and vigorously. But this business about redoubling the vigilance and termination on the part of our global coalition. Why do we need a global coalition? Somebody help me with that. Why do we need, why do we always need a bunch of folks be on our side? We need a team. We, don't, we shouldn't always be seeking to be part of an uh, agreement. They're degraded? Well, we were going to give you a, uh, we're going to give you an A minus, but we didn't like your music choice in your video, so we're degrading you. We're giving you a B, and ultimately defeated. How about killed? Why are we even worrying about degrading them? Let's kill them. Kill every single one. He goes on to say, it's just one more indication of the viciousness and barbarity of this organization. Organization? Islamic State in Syria. Organization? What are they? What are they? Girl Scouts? Cub Scouts? What's that one? It's the it's the the young the smaller girls, the younger girls, not Girl Scouts, but it's brownies. Yeah, what are they? Brownies? Obama said they were the JV. I don't think they're acting like JV. They're not killing people like the JV. 
They're they're not putting out videos like the JV. Obama goes on to say, I think it will redouble the vigilance and determination on the part of the global coalition to make sure they are degraded and ultimately defeated. I think it will. <laughs> I think this guy doesn't belong in office. This this guy has no business being the president of the United States of America. You realize you elected a guy who has never signed the front of a paycheck? Do you realize we elected a guy who spent, before he ever ran, over $1.2 million, and he spent a lot more since then. Now it's 11 to $12 million, keeping his college records sealed. Keeping you from reading all the great super-intelligent stuff, this great super-intelligent guy. All the stuff he supposedly wrote. <laughs> How in the world do we allow that? Anybody know the answer? How in the world do we allow that? Hussein Obama goes on to say, Lieutenant Al Kassiebe's dedication, courage, and service to his country and family represent universal human values that stand in opposition and cowardice, opposition to the cowardice and depravity of ISIL, which has been so broadly rejected around the globe. Obama said, using another acronym for the terror group. Now again, Hussein Obama says ISIL. I've taught you this before. He he says ISIL. That's referring to the Levant. Because by doing so, he eliminates Israel from existence. He doesn't say that by accident. He says it on purpose. And it's a message to his Muslim friends all around the world. Yeah. That's for real. I'm not kidding around about that. It's real. Every time he says that in front of a microphone, in front of the camera... He is giving a shout-out to his Muslim brothers. I'm with you. There's uh, a Jordanian uh, resident in Amman, Jordan, uh, Hassan Abu Ali. He says, there is no religion that accepts such act. This is the burning of the pilot. Islam is a religion of tolerance. ISIS have nothing to do with Islam. This is criminal act. Listen, I'm not totally sure Hassan Abu Ali understands his own air quotes faith because you know what? His own holy book demands that the infidel, you and me, and an infidel could actually be someone who's not Muslim enough because you know what? The Jordanian pilot, he's Muslim. But their own holy book, their Quran, demands that the infidel be slaughtered, cut their head off, rape their women. Set living people ablaze in a cage. You say, come on. It doesn't say that. Islam is a peaceful religion. No, it's not. Read the book. I've read the Quran cover to cover three times. Read the book. You don't even have to pay money for it. You can download it from the Internet. 
Free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. Free set of Ginsu knives. The Umdad al-Salik, or Reliance of the Traveler. 1,345-page document written by Muslims for Muslims. Download it. It's free of charge. The Reliance of the Traveler. Just plug it in. You want to understand what it says? Look it up. You want to know? This, you know, you say, well, I know uh, friendly Muslim people. I know nice Muslims who they don't like any of this. Then they need to convert to another religion because I'm telling you right now, their religion calls for the blade to the neck of the infidel. It specifically calls for the raping of women and setting ablaze living human beings. The Islamic State group has released a series of gruesome videos showing the beheading of captives, including two American journalists, an American aid worker, and two British aid workers. Tuesdays was the first to show a captive being burned alive. So Japanese hostages were apparently killed earlier this month. Kenji Goto. The UN Security this won't surprise you. The UN Security Council in a statement condemned the brutality of ISIL. Of course, the UN Security Council is going to say ISIL as well because they don't believe Israel should exist either. Which is responsible for thousands of crimes and abuses against people from all faiths, ethnicities, and nationalities and without regard to any basic value of humanity. Wow, that's very strong. That was a very strongly worded statement. They're scaring me. Those big, tough human people. The UN is a waste. You know it and I know it. They're an absolute waste. Why do we pay them any mind? You know, you hear a lot of, and Philly Bob is reminding me, there's an awful lot of Republicans who are saying ISIL because they're copycatting. They don't even know what they're saying. But they say ISIL. How can you help? How can you do something? You get on the phone to your representatives, every elected representative from dog catcher all the way up to president, and you and you, and you pull it up on the Internet, you print it out, and when you call, you tell them what the... ISIL means the Levant. You tell them what the Levant is, and you tell them why people cite the Levant. Say, is that what you want? Is that what you know? Are you saying this on purpose? Do you want Israel gone? Because it's not correct. I'd like to change their name. I'd like to change their name to Dead and Gone. You know how you rid the world of these people? I'll tell you in a few minutes. Egypt said a tough intervention was needed with France, and with France called on the UN Security Council to take new measures against the jihadists in neighboring Libya. 
Can you help me with this? A tough intervention? Everywhere they are, we need to bomb. Every building they're in, we need to bomb to rubble. Every tower, every stretch of sand, we need to turn to glass. If there's any hope in killing one, we absolutely must. Sisi, the president of Egypt, said, Avenging Egyptian blood and retaliating against criminals and killers is a duty we must carry out. And then just hours after Sisi threatened a suitable response to the killings of the Coptic Christians, you know the video, where the Christians are at the Mediterranean. You say you didn't watch it, you can't stomach it. You know what? Then you don't, then you can't stomach that? How do you, well, you better be able to stomach having your daughters raped. You better be able to stomach having to watch your family systematically murdered, burned alive, having their heads cut off, and then you better be able to stomach having your head cut off. Because that's what they're about, folks. You say, well, it's just a fringe group. No, it's not. One of the people who, uh, 14 of the victims were from this uh, Al Aour village in Upper Egypt. 14 of these victims, uh, they gathered in a small local church. Now, they're Christians, right? They're Christian, Coptic Christians. You know, you're not going to hear this from Obama, but they're Coptic Christians. Killed by, not an organization, but ISIS, which is the Islamic State. One of the family members said, my son, the father, actually, Traveled to Libya 40 days ago. He wanted to make money for his marriage, said Boshra, whose 22-year-old son, Kirolos, was among the dead. And here's the Pope. Expressing his profound sadness over the killings, Pope Francis said the cops were executed for nothing more than the fact that they were Christians. Well, you finally said something straight up that I can agree with, because that's why they were killed. That's why they've killed, folks. That's the whole reason. Because they were Christians. As soon as this happens, as soon as as soon as this happens, the twenty-one men have their heads cut off at the at the sh- on the beautiful shore of the Mediterranean. So much blood flowed as they're cutting off these living human beings' heads that it turned to gel in the salt water. And the waves were coming in. They were nothing but gelatinous goo of human blood. They propped the heads of these human beings on top of their torsos, as their holy book tells them to do. Man. And they've said they're coming here. But but you know what? The very good English, very clear English-speaking fella, you know what he said? I love, they always cover their face. They're tough guys, but they cover their face. 
at the end, in perfect English, he says, he points his sword to Italy, which is only 500 miles away, and it says, we are coming to Rome, and we will take Rome. French President Francois Hollande agreed with Sisi that the Security Council meet and that the international community take new measures to face up to this danger. A statement from Hollande's office said, France is poised to sign a deal selling Egypt advanced Rafale uh, fighter jets on Monday. Libya's embattled parliament, which is locked in a conflict with Islamic Islamist militias expressed its condolences in a statement and called on the world to show solidarity with Libya against militants. The group, ISIS, which has declared an Islamic caliphate in areas under its control. Now listen, folks, if you know me and if, if you've ever had me come speak to your organization, you know I've talked about the caliphate for years. Well, here you have it. This group has declared an Islamic caliphate in areas under its control, which is growing, and they've become notorious for releasing videos for releasing videos of its brutal executions, including that of British, American, and Japanese hostages, as well as a Jordanian pilot it captured in December. Let me say this to you. They didn't become notorious for releasing videos of its brutal executions. They became notorious for conducting Brutal executions and not giving a rip what we in the United States or anyone else in the world thinks of it. How did your president, Barack Hussein Obama, how did he respond when ISIS beheads Americans? He played golf. He did a real quick sad face. Remember... You remember uh, Michelle's little sad face, hashtag, bring back our girls? Whatever happened to those girls? Well, that was really scary. So Boko Haram did their own little hashtag. You remember that? Look it up. It's on the Internet. Look it up. He said they'll come to the, they'll come to the White House and they'll kill Obama themselves. They'll cut his head off. Obama said the United States will not be intimidated by the killers, and then he played golf. Immediately after this just pitiful little news conference when he was on vacation, immediately he played golf. Those who make the mistake of harming Americans, harming, he didn't harm them, he killed them. He cut his dang head off. He didn't harm him. He didn't hurt his finger. He didn't give him a hangnail. He didn't make him wear shoes that were too tight. He cut his head off. Slowly. Those who make the mistake of harming Americans will learn that we will not forget, that our reach is long, and that justice will be served. Justice let me tell you something. Justice, your idea of justice, Mr. President, is having a court hearing because you're a disbarred attorney. Did you know that? He had he and his wife both had to give up their law degrees, their law license. Quite some time ago. Google why. 
Get on to Google and find out why you googly this or that. Justice will be served. You know what justice is? Killing every single one, no matter where they are. Rooting them out and then killing them mercilessly. Not taking them to trial. Killing them. But after he made that statement, those who make the mistake of harming Americans will learn that we will not forget that our reach is long and that justice will be served. And then he played golf. Immediately, he played golf. The executioner said to the camera, I'm back, Obama, and I'm back because of your arrogant foreign policy toward the Islamic State, the executioner says. Just as your missiles continue to strike our people, our knife will continue to strike the necks of your people. What's John Kerry have to say, Mr. Longface? Why the long face? U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry said the latest video shows ISIS's unfathomable brutality. You know, that's what they want you to say. My, they're so brutal. I'm not sure if I can watch it. Those people are scary. For so many who have worked so long to bring Stephen and the other Americans home safely, this was not how the story should have ended, he said in a statement Wednesday. Really, the story? Stephen Soloff, James Foley, had their heads cut off, two Americans. It's a punch to the gut. The U.S. government has used every military, diplomatic, and intelligence tool we have, and we always will. Our special operations forces bravely risked a military operation to save these lives, and we've reached out diplomatically to everyone and anyone who might be able to help. This, that effort continues, and our prayers remain, as they always are, with the families of all hostages who remain trapped in Syria today. Let me say to you, friends, let me just say to you something here. There was a time when there was approximately 10,000 ISIS punks on one road. They were together. They were driving American Humvees, American MRAPs, carrying American guns that they had seized. They were all on one road, broad daylight. American generals went to the governor, the, uh, the, uh, the administration and said, listen, we've got them all in one place. There's about a, a, a ten, seven to ten mile stretch, and they're all right there. Most of them are right there. A few bombing runs, a few strafing runs, and they're done. They melt into the desert. We could kill them all at once. And they said no. There's nothing to fear. They're going to fizzle out. They're just JV. Your government. They made the choice. And now they're taking over Iraq. They're taking over Syria. They're taking over Libya. And they say they're going to take over Jordan. And they say... They're going to take over Italy, and they say they're going to take over London, England, all over England, and they say they're going to take over France, and they say they're going to take over Germany, and they say they're going to own the White House. 
The grieving mother of beheaded American journalist James Foley said Thursday that U.S. officials threatened her despairing family with prosecution if they tried to help him and that she was embarrassed and appalled by the government's inaction. Diane Foley said government officials told her, told her family, they could face legal action if they tried to raise a ransom to free her son from his ISIS, ISIS captors. The officials said it was illegal and we might be prosecuted, Foley told CNN. Now, Foley was from, uh, James Foley was from New Hampshire. He was kidnapped by ISIS terrorists in November of 2012 while he was reporting from Syria. He was executed by an ISIS militant whose cowardly face was hooded on August 19th. Mrs. Foley, the mother of James Foley, said, I think our efforts to get Jim freed were just an annoyance. It didn't seem to be in the United States' strategic interest, if you will. You know what wasn't an annoyance to Barack Hussein Obama? You know, James Foley, a a, a 40-year-old American journalist, American journalist, having his head cut off for the entire world to see. Why wasn't it an annoyance for Barack Obama? Because it didn't mess up his schedule. Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, immediately, within minutes, he was yucking it up with the go- on the golf course with his buddies. Oh, but he does regret the optics. Quote, I should have anticipated the optics. Obama admits decision to golf after James Foley's speech was a mistake. Obama, during a wide-ranging interview on NBC's Meet the Press, acknowledged that being spotted playing golf on vacation just a short while, short while is 8 to 12 minutes, literally, after addressing the brutal beheading of American journalist James Foley wasn't the best idea. He smiled for the cameras, and now he's blaming the press. President Obama admitted Sunday that playing golf on Martha's Vineyard soon after Linda Stasi wrote this, soon after talking tough about the militants who beheaded American photojournalist James Foley, provided the media with bad optics, but suggested that the issue is not with his leadership, but with the theatrics of the presidency and the aggressiveness of the modern press. Really? Because he owns the modern press. They bow down to him. They worship this guy. He's a rock star. It's always a challenge when you're supposed to be on vacation because you're followed everywhere, he said. And part of what I'd love is a vacation from the press, Obama said during an interview with NBC's Meet the Press. But there's no doubt that after having talked to the families where it was hard for me to hold back tears listening to the pain that they were going through after the statement I made that, you know, I should have anticipated the optics, the optics of playing golf. He confessed to sometimes feeling awkward when handling the theater of the job. It's not, sometimes, it's not something that always comes naturally to me, but it matters, and I'm mindful of that, Obama said. But Americans, he added, should judge him on whether his decisions are best for the country. Here's a quick answer for you. They're not. You're not, and they're not. Your decisions are not best for the country. Linda Stasi wrote in an op-ed, on the New York Daily News, August 24th of 2014, to paraphrase James Carville, it's the perception, stupid. It wasn't just that President Obama didn't cancel his vacation when he began, began a rock war redo. 
It was it wasn't even that he didn't cut that same vacation short after the beheading of James Foley. It was how he and his handlers handled it all. I mean, who in his thinking mind gives a speech about the horror of beheading and then immediately runs off to play golf and yuck it up on the golf course? Oh, right. Bam does. It was typical of how the White House handlers handle everything, including the things for which the United States should be lauded. Instead, we always end up looking hapless and heartless. Remember, we are the country that took the initiative and stepped up to the plate militarily to save thousands of trapped Yazidis facing a religious holocaust by the savages of the Islamic State. Let me tell you what. This was written August 24, 2014. She's a little late to the party. You know why? Because hundreds of Yazidis are being ruthlessly murdered. Hundreds of Yazidi Christian women are being taken hostage and being savagely raped by hundreds of men before they're murdered. So she's wrong. We're the ones who saved countless Yazidi women and girls from being captured, raped, and thrown back like garbage on the street. No, we didn't. The world didn't care what we did because we didn't know how to even applaud ourselves. Last week, as Obama was being excoriated by the press for not canceling his vacation, British Prime Minister David Cameron was treated like a hero. Why? Simply because he returned from his vacation. Of course, Cameron had to come back. The disgusting savage who cut Foley's head off is apparently a Brit. It's called damage control, something Obama's staff has yet to grasp. You know, It's not that they don't grasp it. They don't care. And yes, Cameron went right back to vacationing 19 hours later. Obama, meantime, looked like a disengaged golf-playing CEO who is counting the days until his golden parachute opens. Truth is, presidents do vacation during times of crisis. She says, W, I don't like that they call him that, it's ignorant. W spent one full year of his eight troubled years on vacation, but his image maker, Carl Rove, did not. He let it be known that he and W competed to see who read the most books, when, between shooting doves, in this case, it was the perception of being stupid. The current administration is so hapless they couldn't even turn the killing of the greatest enemy the U.S. has ever had, Osama bin Laden, into a victory. Listen, if you believe we actually killed Osama bin Laden in that compound in Abbottabad, I got some... Never mind. Somehow it turned into a late-night comedy bit. Hey, did you hear the one about the old guy watching porn who got nailed by a seal? President Reagan, on the other hand, was a genius at political spin. And was, as was President Eisenhower, Ike once returned from a vacation during a crisis saying that the decision was so important it had to be announced from the House of Lincoln, Jackson, and Wilson. Ike, who spent a good part of his tenure on the golf course, said, The White House is wherever the president may happen to be. It's the perception, Smarty. Obama was on vacation again when ISIS cut Foley's hat off. Again. The Obamas have spent over $44 million in taxpayer money on travel and vacations. Some are even calling him the most well-traveled, expensive president in our nation's history. This was a uh, an article written. I guess it, I'm going to see when it was. I don't know. I don't see it. But apparently, holiday, 
you know, holiday weekend. As Americans head off for the long holiday weekend, let's take a look back at some of the president's holiday spending. Our president vacations a lot. We're talking $44,351,777.12 worth of a lot, with most expenses charged to the American taxpayer. As of March 2014, let me see here. Let me catch up here. I read too fast. As of March 2014, Obama has spent more time traveling internationally than any other president, taking 31 trips since assuming office in 2009. So I guess this is as of 2014, March 2014. So this is old. He's, he's done more than that since now. Since then. The 119 days spent overseas have cost taxpayers millions of dollars. At the same point in the respective presidencies, George W. Bush had spent 116 days on 20, 28 trips. Now, a lot of his trips... In fairness, we're down to Crawford, Texas. It was the second White House. <coughs> Ronald Reagan. Bill Clinton had spent 113 days and 27 on 27 trips, and Ronald Reagan had spent 73 days on just 14 trips. In 2010, Obama flew aboard Air Force One 172 times, nearly every other day. Just the cost of flying aboard Air Force One to Obama's hometown of Chicago reportedly hovers around $180,000 per hour. In addition to all of his international travel, the president spends a significant amount of time traveling with his family. The Obama family has taken vacations to exclusive beaches in New England, private clubs in Key Largo, and, of course, luxurious beaches in Hawaii. According to the government watchdog group Judicial Watch, they're awesome. Beginning with the infamous New York date night. Yeah, they flew Air Force One to New York to have a date night. The Obamas have spent the $44 million. The actual cost may be higher, as the White House is not subject to the Freedom of Information Act. Here we have a president that gets on the budget line by line. But this apparently doesn't apply to his travel, President of Judicial Watch Tom Fitton said in an interview with the Daily Caller. Frequently missing from the data are the costs of housing the first family and staff, costs of prepositioning the Secret Service and their equipment, and other travel expenses such as meals and beverages. He eats like a king, he drinks like a king, he vacations like a, like a king. We've got this financial crisis here in Washington. The president and his family need to be more sensitive as to the cost concern with his travel, Fitton said. We are especially concerned about the excessive, excessive luxury travel, such as his trip to Hawaii. But telling him he should be concerned and that they should be concerned is ridiculous. He doesn't care. He's shoving that in your face, America. He doesn't care about you at all. In 2013 alone, President Obama incurred $7,396,531 in flight expenses for his family vacations to Hawaii and Martha's Vineyard, as well as a trip to California to appear on the Jay Leno show. The Obamas are abusing the public trust, and the taxpayers are unnecessary with unnecessary luxurious vacations and travel, Fitton said in a press release. These staggering costs show why these documents were covered up and we had to sue in federal court to get them. Another transparency fail for the Obama gang. But, you see, Obama can take these heinously expensive vacation after vacation. 
But he can't call Christians Christian and Muslims Islamists. Why can't Hussein Obama's White House call Christians Christians when they are getting their heads cut off by people he calls ISIL but refuses to identify them with Islam? Listen, he refused to call the twenty the, the twenty one beheading victims Christians while Egypt launches airstrikes on Islamic State targets in Libya for the beheading of Christians, killed for being Christians. Even while the White House refuses to call twenty one beheading victims Christians in a statement about the Islamic State attack, Egypt is avenging the savage slaughter of Egyptian Christians. Obama is more hardcore Islamic than most Muslim countries now. Obama is every non-Muslim's nightmare living under the Sharia. This is the press secretary on the murder of Egyptian citizens. We only have about three minutes left. The United States condemns this, this despicable and cowardly murder of 21 Egyptian citizens in Libya by ISIL-affiliated terrorists. We offer our condolences to the families of the victims and our support to the Egyptian government and people as they grieve for their fellow citizens. ISIL's barbarity knows no bounds. It is constrained by it is unconstrained by faith, sect, or ethnicity. The, this wanton killing of innocents is just the most recent of many vicious acts perpetrated by ISIL. Affiliated terrorists against the people of the region, including the murders of dozens of Egyptian soldiers in the Sinai, which only further galvanizes the international community to unite against ISIL. This heinous act once again underscores the urgent need for a political resolution to the conflict in Libya, the continuation of which only benefits terror groups, including ISIL. We call on all Libyans to strongly reject this and all acts of terrorism and to unite in the face of shared and growing threat. We continue to strongly support the efforts of the United Nations Special Representative of the Secretary. That's my dog barking right there. That's Buckeye. Representative of the Secretary General Bernardino Leon to facilitate the formation of a national unity government and to help foster a political solution in Libya. She doesn't like Obama either, by the way. The nation of the cross, Christians, nation's blood, Egypt retaliates with airstrikes after ISIS marches 21 Coptic Christians along. I'm looking at this picture. As I told you before, it's, it's egregious. Let me tell you, folks, this is real. This is happening. And your president refuses to call Christians Christians and Muslims Muslims. You going to stand for that? Hey, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, at the Ninja Pastor. Keep sending me your great messages. Listen to us on Sunday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, X 
pestilence killed the church, how mediocrity is destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight. <laughs>